Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Tuesday, August the 16th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. We got a lot to get into. An exciting Tuesday as we sit 18 days away from kickoff. I see my guy Justin Langford, David, Stephen Boardwell Jr., Travi, John Edward, uh, C. Youngblood, Connor McCormish, Chase Floyd, Joey Guyton, Noah Johns. What's up, man? Cody Gaskins. What's up? Cody Gaskins with the first comment. Congratulations, Cody. Great job. Uh, by the way, Cody, I meant to tell you this, and this wouldn't just apply to you, but I think of you when I think of Somerville. I don't know what it was. We had a lot of orders over the weekend come in from Somerville. So the Somerville folks, the Charleston folks, man, showing love. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Much love to Somerville, man. We'll be back there this uh, this season for a watch party. Um, Craig Phillips also in the TDC Questions channel. Not related. We're not related, but great last name. He says, if you watch the Manti Teal documentary that's on Netflix now, wow, it is good. I have not watched it, but uh, that actually sounds really entertaining. That sounds wildly entertaining. Uh, Justin Langford says, hey, guys, look, it's Tuesday. Pig in a poke. I have no clue what that means, my guy. You'll have to explain that one. Uh, David Garrick says, group Beamer ball pick at Seawells. Would love that, David. Would love that. Would absolutely love that. Would love a group picture at Seawells. I think that could be really, really cool. Maybe we'll set that up. Um, no promises. I'll just tell you this, David. As you know, <clears throat> things are moving 1,000 miles an hour on game day. So it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get something like that set up. Everybody's doing their own thing, got their tailgates going on, so it's kind of tough to uh, it's tough to get everybody on the same page with stuff like that. But, hey, I'm sure we can make it happen. At minimum, maybe we can do like a big cock club picture or just something, beamer ball pick, whatever, like you said. Uh, anyways, guys, excited to chat with you all here on this Tuesday. Of course, as always, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends over at Carolina Alehouse. Guys, the TSUS tour continues this week as we are at Carolina Alehouse in Augusta, Georgia, and I forget who it was specifically. I apologize. I hope he's tuned in. There was a Gamecock, though, that commented on our YouTube page, and I don't know if he deleted his comment or what he did, but I meant to comment back because he asked, hey, I just found the Daily Crow. I just found your show. I'm in Augusta or in the area, and I want to come out to the Alehouse event, the TSUS tour, and he said, what is that? Well, for you, sir, and for everyone else, let me just give you an idea. Again, in case you missed it, the TSUS tour, all these Carolina Alehouse locations. Of course, Alehouse, one of our business partners, <clears throat> they have been for the last year or so. We've been going around the state at these different Alehouse locations because they're all around the state of South Carolina and, of course, in Augusta, Georgia as well. We've been going to these different Alehouse locations basically every Thursday for the last four weeks. Uh, just talking Gamecocks, hanging out. It's a very casual, just laid back, uh, hanging out, shooting the shit, you know, eating some good food, drinking some good drink, got uh, got sports on the TV, all that good stuff. Just hanging out at Kona Alehouse. And then around 7 or 7.30, I'll do like a Q&A, you know what I mean? Just kind of chat with you guys and we'll talk. And if you guys want to talk kind of football, we can. You know, if it's not a crazy large audience, you know, we can just talk amongst each other. I won't sit there and talk your ear off for like, an hour or two, you know what I mean? So it's really just an opportunity for us to all get fired up and get get uh, excited for Carolina football. Also, I'll have merchandise on sale, specifically the Beamer Ball towels, as well as the Beamer Ball welcome home koozies. So koozies and towels will be on sale. Um, I do not have anything beyond that. So I don't have any t-shirts. I don't have any flags. I'm sorry, guys, right now, that's just where we're operating with. 
but I do have these towels on sale that are a very hot item right now. They will be on sale uh, in Augusta, Georgia. But uh, again, really, it's just an opportunity for us to hang out and get excited for the football season and talk Gamecocks and, and uh, a great night for fellowship for us all, right? So that'll get going at 6 o'clock on Thursday, 6 o'clock on Thursday. That will get rolling, and it will run until we leave, you know? <laughs> so typically, I've been getting out of there about 9.30 or 10 o'clock at all the locations, but uh, it's been a great time. And I mean, the TSUS tour has been a massive success. And again, if you're in the CSRA, you're in the local area, would love to have you guys come out there. Obviously, again, it's a really cool one for me because I'm from North Augusta. I'm from the local area. And so uh, to feel the love on the home front is a really, really cool thing. And uh, I really do appreciate you guys. I love and support. But I just want to make that clear exactly what it is because somebody commented, and I forget the guy's name. I really hope he hears this. The guy that commented on YouTube just asking what it was. Again, it's not some paid event. It's anybody can come. Anybody that, anybody that loves the Gamecocks, anybody who supports TSUS, anybody can show up and come and fellowship and have a good time. And, heck, I guess even if you're not a Gamecock fan, you just want to come shoot the shit and talk some ball, you're more than welcome to do so. Um, just do not get upset when I'm rocking my To Hell With Georgia shirt on Thursday. <laughs> I figured that was a I figured that was a, a good opportunity to pull that one out. I have not even worn that shirt yet. I was like, you know what, I feel like it's a good opportunity to do that. So, either way, guys, we are here at The Daily Crow taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. Of course, every Tuesday once we get to game week, which is, guys, Two weeks away. I mean, game week is 13 days away, right? Will be the start of game week that Monday. Um, once we get to game week, we will have Alex McGrath joining us every single Tuesday, 12.15 to 12.45, which will be a ton of fun. In the meantime, though, today, guys, we're wide open. We're just taking your questions, your comments, and your calls, 843-790-3377. And again, guys, would love to hear from you all. Also, of course, the season simulation series, that does roll on. It's been a struggle, but somehow we are five and three, two and three in league play. Skyland Davis. Here we go. Skyland, what's up, man? How are you? You doing good? Yeah, man, doing well. Doing well. Just uh just rocking and rolling, man. Just counting on the days of kickoff. What's going on? Skyland, 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 you're 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 real choppy, my guy. I'm gonna hang up. Try to call back in. Your service is real, real choppy. <clears throat> Let's see if we can't get Skyland uh, a little better situated there. Stephanie Lee, happy Tuesday to you as well. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, really excited, guys. Of course, tomorrow the welcome home, uh, welcome home show will air. Let's see. All right, let's try to get Skyland on here Call again. From. Skyland, what's up, man? Is that better? Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, what's going on? I just called to tell you, I hope you're doing good. I hope everything's going well, and I hope you keep running, and I hope you keep growing. Yeah, man. No, it's, it's uh, dude, really excited for kickoff. We're just, uh, we get about two weeks away, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving the position at previews. I'm glad I saved those for leading up to kick, because at least that feels like fresh, unique content. The opponent previews kind of – it kind of drags a little bit, not because it's not exciting content, but it's just like <clears throat> how excited am I to talk about other teams. Um, so the position at preview stuff is fun. I mean, the content's fun as a whole, but we get about two weeks away from kick, and I, the itch really hits me. And like, all right, let's, let's, let's get this thing rolling, because there's just so many questions that the only way, again, we get answers is by playing the games on the field. So – um, <clears throat> yeah, really excited, man. Just excited to, to get back to Willie B and 
and get to the tailgate. And I ordered some stuff actually for our tailgate last night to get us right. So, man, I'm fired up, man. I'm excited, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a season. So, I'll be okay if it weren't for these damn foot injuries we have. Yeah, man. You, are you are you blaming the cleats, my guy? Are we are we blaming Under Armour for this? I kind of am. Got 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 to blame somebody, right? <clears throat> we got to blame somebody. Lloyd ankle sprain, Rucker hurt, Man hurt. <laughs> well, my guy Beamer said everybody's gonna be all right, so I, I don't I don't really I don't uh, I don't put a whole lot of a lot of stock into the the injuries, if you will. Right. Okay. Well. Anyway, I hope I get the Winger uh, Greenville Woodruff Road tour. Uh, so Woodruff Road will be at Woodruff Road next Thursday, the twenty fifth. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, I'll be there, and uh, so I can support you. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun time, man. It'll be a fun time for sure. So. Well. I can't wait for and if you have any high school football people in here, Friday night football kicks off Friday night or week zero. Yeah, I'll actually. Uh, I think I'm going to because you know obviously I'll be in Augusta for the the event, the Ale House event Thursday night. I'm gonna stay in town. I think I'm gonna go to North Augusta Evans on Friday night. So they're playing in Evans, Georgia. So that's cool. I'm just, going to of just, course my hometown, Clinton. Yeah, Clinton. Clinton and Batesboro Leagues will play. Gotcha. Very good games. <laughs> you got, you know, Spartanburg going to Atlanta Saturday, which I'll be at. And uh, Spartanburg's playing in that Freedom, that Atlanta uh, Freedom Bowl. Hmm. They're playing Langston Hughes. And Friday night, the women's got uh, Greenville. And Saturday, Gaffney goes to South Point. And next week, Spartanburg got Ducks Fort. And Clinton Lawrence playing next week. So got some good matchups these first two weeks while we're waiting on college football. Yeah, I'm excited for week zero of college football. I'll be uh, I'll be taking one last little vacation, if you will, before kickoff. And me and a couple buddies, we're we're really geared up to watch uh, Nebraska play in Dublin and Vandy go to the island. And it's it's gonna be a fun weekend of watching ball. So you 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 going to them games or you gonna watch them on TV? Oh, we're, I mean, I'm gonna watch them on TV. You think I'm going to Hawaii for Vanderbilt, Hawaii? I mean, I'd love to. Don't get me wrong. It'd be fun. But, no, I, I will be watching them on a te- television, yeah. Okay, definitely. Well, I hope everything turns out well for you and just keep growing. Haters going to hate. So. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. Indeed. Skyland, I appreciate right. it, man. Later, my friend. Always a pleasure. I'll see you soon. Great stuff. Great stuff. Hope to see Skyland out at the uh, – at the Woodruff Road event at Carolina Ale House next week. That'll be the 25th. Ronnie Pace with a question. Chris, if you order multiple items at once, does the site charge you just one shipping charge? Yes, yes. It will ship them all together, Ronnie. Yes. It will charge you just one shipping charge. Yes. T-S-U-S dot store. Uh, shout out my guy, Todd Smith. Todd Smith with the super chat. Todd, thank you, guys. If you want to support the business, support the channel, support the content, support everything we do in your own YouTube you can do so with Super Chat, Super Stickers, Todd. I thank you so much, my guy. I thank you so much. Evan Perriman says, Evans stinks. Very good. I just want to watch some ball, and it's my alma mater, Evan. That's the only, I mean, like, I'm not like, oh, that's the game. Like, I'm just going to be in town. Figure why not. You know what I mean? I want to watch some ball. Um, random question, by the way. The fine folks over at Gamecock Central are having their kickoff party on Saturday. 
at uh, Steel Hands, the brewery in Columbia, South Carolina. And I did not get to go to that last year because Cox by 90 and I were down in Charleston um, rocking at Rita's for a preseason kickoff show. My question to you all is this. Is there anybody in this chat that is going to that? Because I have been considering it. Because, again, I will be coming from North Augusta. I believe that I'm actually meeting someone in Columbia for something. So I'm going to be in the area. Uh, Bad Brad, my guy. He says Beamer Rattler 22. Beamer Rattler 22, indeed. You know what's funny? Because everybody sees, excuse me, that merchandise. And they see many others. Beamer Ball that's really taken off. But, you know, for every piece of merch that does well, right, there's pieces of merch that, you know, they do okay or they they don't take off as much. Like this one right here, all aboard the Shane train. That that just did not, no pun intended, gain steam the way that, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's creating merch I found is just like creating content, right? You create it at scale. You put out as much value. You give multiple options. And then you just go from there. You know, whatever whatever sticks and whatever clicks, the 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 end consumer and the audience will give you the feedback necessary, right? Well, that's why you don't just just sell out on just one piece of merch, right? You don't just make one thing, you know? Because I'll be honest with you guys, if you really want to know, not to make this entire conversation just in this entire show about my merchandise, but what's funny is like I would not, even with this being as cool a slogan as it is, I would not have guessed Beamer Ball would be as big as it was. I mean, guys, I'll be honest with you. I made that graphic in like five minutes on my phone. I mean, it, it literally is just text. That's all it is. And I made one one color and the other another color. And that was it. That was it. I made it that fast. I really thought this was going to be, I thought the all aboard the Shane train, because, you know, when we first hired him, the whole Shane train thing, <clears throat> the whole Shane train thing was sort of, um, you know, the whole Shane Train thing was kind of a, was a thing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it just, it's funny how it all works out, but I still love this merch, personally. I love all the merch we've made for uh, for Beamer, and obviously the Beamer Ball stuff is, is taking off like crazy. Beamer Rattler's taking off like crazy. Garrett H says, has Rattler ever reached out and complimented the merch that's about him? Garrett, uh, the merch that's about him, the Beamer Rattler 22, that's, we directly partnered with him to do that. So, I've been putting money in his pocket the entire time, Garrett. It's it's basically like a, it's a thing where, yeah, he 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 is a fan of the merch. We'll put it that way, and we we we've, we've worked behind the scenes and everything, and that's all I'll say on that. So, um, <clears throat> let's see, let's see. Our guy Todd Smith making plans for the Arkansas game. Yeah, let's get to. The spread drops, by the way, in case you missed it, our friends over at Circa Sports dropped a spread on the Gamecocks-Georgia State game. South Carolina, a 12-point favorite in that football game. Gamecocks are minus 12 against Georgia State. Famous last words, hammer the Cocks! Hammer the cocks! Hammer the cocks! Because <laughs> I know, dude, I was sitting there making the graphic, and I'm like about to hit post, and I was like, I know, like, the first response. Hammer the cocks! Hammer the cocks! Like, <laughs> famous last words. Hammer the cocks. Famous last words. Truly. 
famous last words, hammer the cocks. I, I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I'm I'm not saying you'd be crazy to take the minus twelve, but the famous last words are hammer the cocks. Um, we got a text here. He says that's just cash, man. Crazy. He also says, I believe week two could be the most important game of the year and could have a huge impact in the entire season. I almost want to win that one more than any game on the schedule. Your thoughts? I've talked about this a lot, and no name to it. I, I'm not sure exactly who this is. Either way, our texter. I, I, I've, I've talked about this before. Again, I don't see Arkansas as the most important game. I don't. Listen, if your goal and expectation was to win the SEC East, then maybe that's the most important game of the year. But that's not your realistic goal and expectation this year, guys. Your realistic goal and expectation is to find a way to get to eight wins. You don't have to beat Arkansas to get to eight wins. It's a very important game. I'm not saying it's not an important game. But if you lose to Arkansas again, guys, like it's not like your season's over. That That is such a – I am so – not all, but I am so concerned for some Gamecock fans out there because they are literally putting – they are putting all of their stock in that week two game. Like, like their entire season hinges on that Arkansas game. And that is so dangerous. That is such a dangerous school of thinking. And there's nothing you or I can say to these people to, to get them out of this school of thinking. But it is so dangerous. Because to think that there's going to be this mass this mass group of people that are practically going to mentally just check out on South Carolina football if they don't beat Arkansas, which is so silly and foolish. It, it, it is. It's so silly and foolish. These are the same people that practically did that last year after the Gamecocks lost to Kentucky. Season was over for them. Like, like the season, mentally, it was over for them. Season didn't have the same juice after you lost to Kentucky last year for some people. It was only until you beat a Florida and you needed a win over Auburn <clears throat> to get your sixth win on the season. I, I just, again, putting all of your stock in that Arkansas game, saying it's, you got to have it, it's the most important win, most important game. I just think it's, 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 don't do that. Just don't do that. Uh, he said, I won't check out. I just believe it could have a huge impact on confidence, momentum, et cetera. Again, I think it's the biggest swing game. Biggest swing game. Because to your point, I've got a loss against Arkansas and an eight-win season. Beat Arkansas? Throw all preseason predictions and projections. That's the game that if you win, could just really shake up things in regards to the outlook for this team. Again, biggest swing game. You beat Arkansas, throw out all those preseason projections and predictions. My predictions, your predictions, everyone's. South Carolina is going to be talked about nationally, going to be ranked going in the Georgia game. You might get college game day. All eyes will be on you. So, it's a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. But it's not the most important game. Because, again, if you lose to Arkansas, it's not like there's some shame in losing on the road in Fayetteville to one of the better teams in the SEC West. A, a, a game you will undoubtedly be the underdog in. You might be a double-digit underdog. 
I'm just saying, like, the season's not over if you lose to Arkansas. But if you win it, sky's the limit. Kaki Tuan with a with a riveting, <clears throat> a riveting opinion. Every game is important. Kaki Tuan, thank you for that. I agree every game is important. I, you know, I just, I love the people, though, that I've said this before. Some people just either hate content or they don't understand it, right? Like, they just, they hate content or they don't understand it. Because it's like, we're giving predictions and projections and who gives a damn? Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's like, bro, if, if that's how you feel, then just delete social media. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Not predict games, not pick games. I mean, I, there are other entities. I guess, I guess, really, realistically, there is no other Gamecock entity that picks games that I've seen. Like, there might be smaller ones like fan accounts and shit, but I haven't seen anybody. Nobody's willing. Nobody's willing to pick games. Gamecock Central, no. The Big Spur, no. The State, no. Even my guy Cox by 90 haven't put one out yet. I'm waiting on him. I guess he says August the 26th. I don't know why he can't just do it today. I don't know what Jeff's got going on. Oh, either way, it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Brendan Hyder. Yes, I just saw your order come through, my friend. Um, <clears throat> Your order is currently in fulfillment, my guy. I will go ahead and get your towel out. Today, the the hats and shirts, you can expect that, I'd probably say, middle of next week, end of next week at the absolute latest, but it really shouldn't take that long. Um, yeah, middle of next week, I'd probably say, Brandon, but your towel should probably even be there sooner, so you will have that within the next week, within the next week, I, I would say. So, I appreciate you, Brandon. Thank you so much for the order, my friend. I just saw that come through. DGD, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you tuning in. Who has a better year, Cody Gaskins asks? Red zone offense or red zone defense? Great question, my friend. Great question. Ooh, that's, yeah. Um, I hope red zone offense does. Because we haven't been great with our red zone offense. We have not been great. Mm, I, I guess I'll go. I'll go red zone defense. That's that's a tough question though, man. <clears throat> it's a tough question because it's because it's like how do how do you how do you even pick that? You know, because it's like even if you think the offense is going to be like it's just like a whole different ball game when you're inside the twenties, it's a different game. <clears throat> Which side of the ball will execute better in the red zone? I will go defense. I will go defense. My guy Craig Phillips in the TDC Questions channel spreading some good news. Says, was rocking the Beamer Ball Comfort Tee at the gym yesterday and had four people come at me asking me where I can buy one. TSUS.store. Be sure to get the Comfort Tee in order before the 25th to get in time for the first game. Craig, you are on your shit, my guy. You are on your shit. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, see, I just saw uh, your order come through, my man. I, I appreciate you. Sincerely, guys, I, I can't say enough um, about the love and support on the merchandise side of the business, man. It's just, it's incredible. And, and I just, you know, I said this this morning. I said this this morning in our Big Cock Club Discord, and I'll say it here yet again. 
Um, I would be willing to bet, you know, I've made bets before and I haven't hit on all of them, but I would be willing to bet that uh, you're going to see a lot of TSUS merch around the tailgate this year, around Williams-Brice Stadium. And just, just based off of if numbers mean anything, right? And it is it is really cool, man. It's a blessing. Terrence Rhodes asks, what's the website? TSUS.store, Terrence. TSUS.store. If you need help with anything, shoot me a DM. But it's TSUS.store. I try to make it as simple as I possibly could. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's I mean, literally, guys, the biggest game changer in business over the last year and a half has been the merchandise. I mean, it's just been incredible. It's just been incredible. Um, so, I can't say thank you enough. I appreciate you guys. Um, sincerely, thank you all. Thank you all, man. A.J. Bowers, do we lead the SEC in turnovers on defense again or at least one of the top teams in the SEC? I don't think we'll lead the league again. A.J., it's just – and, again, that takes me to my question about the defense. That's my question about the defense is just can you depend on that many turnovers again? Because, yes, it takes skill. You need to have talent. Coaching plays in. But, A.J., some of it's right place, right time, my guy. Would you disagree? I mean, some of it's just right place, right time. So, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, obviously, we'd love to see it. I, I would like to think we're going to be one of, the, one of the, the better defenses in regards to getting the ball off of people. But do we lead the SEC in turnovers again? I will say no. Um, also, I don't think we're going to be top 10 in pass defense again because I think teams will throw the ball more. I, I, think, I think the defense is going to be about what it was last year. I don't know that we'll have quite as many turnovers because we just had a ton last year. Do you have a guy like Jalen Foster who has six picks? Hard to predict that. Hard to predict that. So I, 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 I'm not going to say you do. I think your run defense got to be better, right? It's got to be better. I mean, you're hearing Shane Beamer repeatedly mention the D tackles. It's got to be better. There's no way. There's no way that run defense can be as bad as it was or, God forbid, worse. And he spent all preseason hyping these D tackles up. There's just no way. There's no way. So, with that being said, I think the run defense slightly better, which in turn will lead teams to pass more. I think teams will pass more, right? Thus, effectively... Your pass defense won't be top 10 in the country. They will gain more yards. But that's good. We want that. We don't want teams to just run the ball every single play. Right? But I think you're around that 23, 24 points per game. I don't, I don't think you take some major, major jump. I mean, I hope you do, obviously. I mean, I think you have more talent. But I, think, I just think there's a lot of moving pieces on that defensive side in regards to being better. Right? In regards to being better. So, I think the defense is solid yet again. I just think it's done in a little bit of a different way. A little bit of a different way. Uh, John, what's up, my guy? There is no guest today. Beginning the week of Georgia State, Alex McGrath will be our Tuesday guest every single Tuesday. So, that will not start, though, until the week of kickoff. So, we got this Tuesday, next Tuesday, and then McGrath will join us on a weekly basis. Right now, for this week, we just have Garcia on Mondays, uh, J.C. Sherbert on Thursdays, and Jake Crane on Fridays. Alex McGrath and Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus will join us beginning game week, and they will join us every single day or all at their, their scheduled days throughout the season. Also, 
Quick side note, I mentioned J.C. Sherbert, the big spur, his show inside the Gamecocks. I will be jumping on his airwaves on Friday at 11.30. So I'll be getting a post out for that. And uh, excited, excited to excited to jump on board there. Cocky Twan says, Carolina Jackpot picks games. Has Carolina Jackpot locked in a prediction? You know, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't watch a whole lot of Carolina Jackpot content. I mean, not that, you know, I think he does a pretty good job. Um, on, he's got the YouTube side of things uh, nailed down. <clears throat> it's interesting a guy like that is not bigger on social media with how big his following on YouTube is. But um, I'll be honest with you, I, I, don't, I don't watch a ton of Carolina Jackpot content. I really don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. If anybody knows what his predictions is, predictions are, would love to hear that. I'm curious. Um, South kind of sports and uncut media says, I do miss Tim Hill in the game too. Um, yeah. So funny you bring this up. Ken's Ben says, have you had Tim Hill on the show? Yeah. Ken's Ben's did an interview with him Monday that will drop on the podcast tomorrow. So literally full Tim Hill interview and conversation we talk about his time at 107.5 The Game, Cumulus, his release from there. He gives full details, so if you guys want to, to listen to that, he gives a full rundown of what happened. And, of course, we talk Gamecocks. We talk about this upcoming season, Shane Beamer, uh, all that good stuff, his thoughts, his projections, everything else in between. So, a lot of fun, a lot of fun, lots of fun. Tim Hill interview dropping on the podcast tomorrow. Also on the podcast tomorrow, guys, we're talking Gamecocks wide receivers, breaking down the receivers going into the season. Again, guys, we're taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Evan Slane. Is it fair to say that if we have a 1,000-yard rusher, we've had a good season? With that in mind, it means the line turns out to be good and we didn't have to rely on chucking it 40 times a game. Evan, you you know, I think you know the answer to your own question. If we have a 1,000-yard rusher, do we have a good season? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, if we, if South Carolina has a thousand yard rusher, they might win 10 games. I mean, because the offense is going to be practically unstoppable. I, I mean, literally, truly, you, you don't have a thousand yard rusher if your O-line had a terrible year. So, which is, I, I don't think we're going to have a 1,000 yard rusher. We, we might have somebody hit 700, maybe 800. I don't, I don't see this line. I, you, you, because guys, think about it. You're, you're, you're saying that an offensive line that as bad as it was a season ago is going to produce a thousand yard rusher. I, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. I just do not see it. Not saying the line won't be improved, but uh, I think that's asking a little too much. I think that's asking too much. Guys, if you haven't checked out the podcast that dropped uh, yesterday, if you have not tr- checked out the podcast that dropped yesterday, we talked Gamecocks running backs. We talked Gamecocks running backs on the show, on the podcast. Highly suggest you check it out. I'll tell you this. If the South Carolina running backs were a stock, Right? If the players in that running back room, I should say, were a stock, Juju McDowell is the guy that you need to buy and you need to invest in now. If I've said this once, I've said this a million times, I think Juju's the most underrated player on this offense. And, and, and it's because of what he can do 
outside of just carrying the football, the way he can be utilized in this offense. We've talked a lot about the playmakers on this offense, and, you know, it's Marcus Satterfield's job to divvy up touches and, and, and get, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Juju McDabble is a guy that needs to touch the football early and often. I mean, I, I think this is a dude – it, it feels like every time the football's in his hands, he's getting eight, nine, ten yards a pop, right? Electric, instant offense type of player. He's a highlight reel, must-see TV every time he touches the football. I am extremely excited for Juju McDowell. Is he built to, to carry it 20, 25, 30 times a game? I don't know about that, although Eric Douglas's comments yesterday make me think, hey, Maybe he is embracing the physicality and getting his nose in between the tackles and stuff like that. But um, I am so excited for Juju McDowell's season, man. I think Juju can be a big-time player in this offense. And he's the dude. It's weird. He's not really talked about as much. But, again, I think he's the most underrated player in this offense. I think he can be electric for you. He can beat you in the backfield. He can beat you if you split him out of the slot. Um, Just get the football in his hands. Invest in Juju McDowell early. Invest in Juju McDowell. Buy Juju McDowell stock today. Whatever you do, dude's going to be a household name by the end of the year. I'm excited for Juju, man. Very excited. Uh, Corey here says, how do we get a Beamer Bowl hat? Corey, I will text you the link, my friend. It's T-S-U-S dot store. Let me just text you the link, my friend. Corey, thank you, Corey. You know what's wild, guys, is like there are some people, and this isn't like to knock anybody at all, obviously. It's just kind of crazy like how – this is why I continue to say like we're just starting because it's so true. I mean, there's some people that still don't even know we have a store. That's what's wild. Some people don't even know we have a store. So that's why I say, man, and I believe it, we're still 1% of the way there. We're only 1%. And that's the beautiful part, man. That's the beautiful part. We're only 1%, and I'm so excited, man. I I, I stay excited. I stay pumped up. And – I think I told you guys this yesterday. One of my, my my new sponsor, Red Fox Roofing, asked me, "Like, dude, how do you how do you stay how do you stay fired up and amped up?" And I'm like, "Dude, I get to wake up and do what I love to do every day. Like, I I, I get to pursue my passions and my dreams. And and I mean, it's funny. Like, I'm doing things that if I had a nine to five, if I was in an office, a cube, or whatever, like." These are the things I'd be doing to get away from that. Like, like I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm following my dreams. You know, I'm fueling my passions. You know, things that fire me up and make me energetic. We're talking game con. Like, how could I not be fired up? You know, again, my perspective drives me. I just think to myself, how, how, how miserable and ungrateful of a human being would I have to be to complain about what I do? You know? How how miserable and ungrateful would I have to be to complain about it? Oh, my God, I got to wake up and talk about sports today. That used to irk me so badly. When I was working the cube life and I was in the nine-to-five world and I was in the corporate world and I wasn't fulfilled and I wasn't happy and I didn't love what I did, and I would see, and I'm not going to say anybody by name, but I, I would see people on social media that that were that were in journalism or sports media, if you will, and they would complain. They would complain about, oh, we got to stay at a game this long. We got to go on this road trip. Bro, I'm not saying everything's sunshine and rainbows. That's not life, right? I'm not saying everything's great, but, like, have some perspective. Just have some. So I'm I'm driven by perspective, man, and I'm fueled by it. And uh, so – I, uh, that's, that's, that's how I lead my life. 
That's how I lead my life. So, and, it, and it's worked out pretty well to this point. Hunter Johnson, how often does Rivals in Florence stock up on the merch? We are actually working on an order for them right now. So within the next week or two, they will have more merch, Hunter. Um, but they should have it right now. They do have merch there right now. Uh, now that I have their store manager's information, now that I have their information, um, we should be keeping them stocked much more consistently. So, Travis Lee says Lloyd needs to stop doing backflips. What does that have to do with, with anything? I think he's, I mean, whatever. I think he's all right. Evan Slane says fair, but how different was the current O-line from the O-line from 2020? Well, Evan, 2020 was a strange year, okay? 2020 was a strange year. So I, I just, I'm not saying I completely discount it, but is that O-line as good as the 2020 version that, that, that ran for 1,000 yards? No, I don't think so. That being said, is the O-line as bad as the one we saw last year? I don't think so. Truth is in somewhere in the middle. But this line ain't producing a thousand yard rusher, Evan. There's, there's just no way you can look at last year and say that they're going to go from that to a one thousand yard rusher. There's just no way. There's just no way. I'm sorry. There's just no way. I know it's maddening because you say, how can they produce a one thousand yard rusher against an all SEC schedule ten games? But guys, here's the thing too. We had a 1,000-yard rusher. We went 2-8. and eight. So, so what good did that do? So, I mean, the, and the O-line couldn't block for shit and pass pro. All they could do was run the ball. That's it. That's all they could do. That's all we could do. So, yeah, we had a 1,000-yard rusher, but we had nothing to show for it. I'd rather, I'd rather not have a 1,000-yard rusher and have a productive offense and win some games. So, because whatever was going down that season obviously didn't work. It obviously didn't work. Um, somebody asked, you ever thought about making socks or beanies? I have not made socks, but we do have beanies on the store. I don't have like a full array of beanies, but yeah, I, I'd love to make beanies, man. I think we actually do have a Beamer Ball beanie. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Um, Michael says, when does Beamer begin with press conferences on Tuesdays? I believe the week of Georgia State, that Tuesday, he will have a presser. I believe so. South kind of sports and uncut media. Thank you for the love on the merch side. He says, I think the defensive line makes the linebackers better in stopping the run. So. Yeah, Hunter, he had 200 yards against Vandy. He had like 250 against Kentucky. So, I mean, that, I mean, there were like, that's what people don't want to talk about either. There were like three games in that 2020 season that he had like 650 of the 1,000 yards. Like, Whatever. I, either way, guys, <clears throat> 2020 was a while ago. Ben Smith says, is SEC Unfiltered still a thing? It is. It is. Um, I'm currently looking for someone to run it full-time, honestly. I, I just, guys, I, I just, with the, with the momentum TSUS has, and we, we've got the podcast network side building it, but, like, just realistically, man, I, I just, I don't have time. I, I love the idea. And I think there's a lot of potential for the idea. And But I'm, I'm just, I'm one person, man. TSUS takes up all of my time. It takes up all of my energy. And it's, so it's, it's really hard <clears throat> to take away from something. TSUS, it's hard to take away from something that is operating like a well-oiled machine and put it towards an entity that is, you know, at the beginning stages. And that's not to say that I don't love doing that, right? I mean, obviously I do, but like in regards to creating content for it, like I, I look at my schedule right now, guys, I, you know, 
you know, you could say, you know, because I have a bad habit of saying, well, you know, it's just an excuse. You have time. You have time. You never don't have time. But like, it's not even about time. It's like, do I, <clears throat> do I have the energy? Do I have the energy? <clears throat> and the amount of content I'm creating for TSUS <clears throat> and everything I'm doing for TSUS with events and on the merch side, do I realistically have the energy to put into SEC Unfiltered for it to be the best it can possibly be? That's why I stopped doing the podcast. Is because I'm like, I, I just don't want to be a shit. Do, just, I, don't wanna, I don't like to half-ass anything. I really don't. So I am looking for someone, and I think it will happen organically. So, guys, I can't make any promises to you. You know, we have our guy DGD on the podcast network. We've got the door report on the podcast network. I can't make any promises of what SEC Unfiltered will or will not be. I have the idea. I think the idea is solid. I think the idea is great. But it has to be greater than a one-man show. It, I, I cannot do it all. It's kind of like, and just hear me out. Just hear me out. But it's kind of like Dave Portnoy of Bar, Barstool Sports. There, there's just no way he could run every podcast within Barstool. Like, there's no way he could create all of that content. You got to expand. You got to outsource. The challenge right now is obviously these are unpaid positions. They're they're unpaid positions, right? I mean, it's just it's uh, and it's, you know we we live in a world in a society where nobody wants to do anything for free, and and I totally understand that. I I, I totally get that. Um, but in this industry, you kind of have to. So you you kind of have to. You know what I mean? You just kind of have to. You got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? So. Anyways, that's, that's stuff I'm handling the back end, but you ask, and I figure I'd give you guys kind of an idea. SEC Unfiltered, yes, it's still a thing. Um, I'm just one man trying to make it all happen, my guy. So, just trying to make it all happen. So, Ben Smith says Mike Bobo's ass. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls as well, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. My guy John Edwards says he's going to Chester and Lancaster game. Is it Lancaster or Lancaster? Probably Lancaster, right? That'll probably start a whole other debate. South Carolina... Sports and Uncut. What's your thoughts on Miles Brennan walking away after getting all the NIL money? Well, it's just a risky take. That's just a risky take, man. And this might not be a popular take, and, and some out there may cringe at me saying this because I'm I'm one of the, um, you know, the, the, the biggest Gamecock voices or loudest Gamecock voices or one of the, obviously one of the biggest entities. I think we're the biggest, best entity. But one of the biggest entities out there, I'll just say this. Um, it's it's just listen it's it's the risk you take and it's why again I'm all for NIL I'm all for it I am all for the players getting every penny they can It's not them I question it's the business owners and I know it's different for different businesses and different industries right like like look at the Dakotas Crawford thing bro that Twitter account I looked at, that, that, that AC company that he's partnered with, they've got 40 followers on Twitter. The ad they just did with Dakotas Crawford has 1.7, and that was checking last night, by the way, 1.7 million views because it's been shared so many times on social media. So 
It can work. It can work very well. But I question the business owners. Investing all of this money in college dudes, man. College kids. And I know that businesses and companies have marketing budgets, marketing spend. So it's like they almost like they have to spend this money, right? They need to spend this money. They have marketing spend for that reason. But I, I just look at it like for me, for TSUS, we will partner with athletes and create merchandise because what I love about that, it creates value for them because they're able to get money in their pocket, but it also creates value for you all. It creates value for the end consumer, right? But you will never just see TSUS just hand over a check to a, to a, to a South Carolina athlete. You, you, just, you just won't see it. You just will not see it. I question the business owners. As I've said before, the win-by-any-means-necessary mentality, it's just gotten to a point in some instances where I think it's over the top. Because, listen, I want South Carolina to have a successful football program. I will not take money out of my pocket and go broke in efforts to make that happen. I, I just won't. I just won't. I just won't, guys. I will not do it. If that makes me a <clears throat> a bad fan, or if somebody, I, and, and I don't judge those who do, by the way. I mean, those who, because you, people need to invest, right? They need to invest, right? Like, like fundraising's a real thing, but cutting checks to get recruits, cutting checks to get after, I, sorry, guys, that's, that's not me. I'm in the business of making money. <laughs> not, not giving it to an 18-year-old and, and hoping and praying to God they pan out. Because it's a risk. I mean, look at Miles Brennan. Because NIL cannot be made based off of performance-based. It has to be just given. So Miles Brennan just took the money and ran. That's bullshit. That's, that's, I would be, oh, I'd be irate. And I've got the mic. So I, I would be going off on this kid. I don't give a damn. Hey, at that point, you're not a college kid anymore. You're a paid professional. So you deserve all the criticism you get, especially when you do something like that. I'll go ahead and say it. I, hey, listen, you may not like this. I'd say this if the guy was on the South Carolina roster. Miles Brennan's a coward. He's a coward. There's no other way to put it. He is a coward. You get all this hype and pub and praise and, and these NIL deals and you don't win the job and you're just going to run and take the money? Bro, you're a coward. You are a coward. And, and this is something that will not only negatively affect you and your, obviously your football career is over. It's over. But in life, you're trying to go get a job. They're going to say, why'd you quit on your team? Why'd you quit on your teammates? Because he quit. You're a quitter. You're a quitter. Everybody's got their own situation. Let's stop being sensitive to everything. You're a quitter. Just call it for what it is. You are a quitter. You're a coward. I, there's no other way to put it. Anyways, this is not the LSU show. This is the uh, the Gamecock show. But uh, you asked. <laughs> you asked. Tanner Bryant 
says he just put in an order. How long will it take to get there? Great question, Chandler. I'm just taking a look at your order. Yeah, the T-shirt. You should have it by middle of next week. So shouldn't take that long, Chandler. Sometimes it's shorter than that. Sometimes it could be a day or two longer. But you, you will have it well before kickoff, my friend. Bamberg, South Carolina. Shout out Bamberg. Chandler, I appreciate you, my guy. All right, we're going to go and jump into our first break. But I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Let's jump back into our questions. My guy, Bad Brad, in the Big Cock Club Discord and the TDC Questions channel says, which back do you think has the most rushing yards this season? Great question, Bad Brad. You know, as I said, in case you missed it, I posted the graphic <clears throat> regarding my grade for the running back room. And some people were not thrilled, right? I, I gave the running backs a C plus. Again, I want to make it very clear, guys. When I'm doing these position unit previews, it is a grade for where I see the unit right now, okay? It's not a where do I think they'll be into the year, right? It's where do I see this unit going into the season. Right now, the running backs are a C plus in my mind. Got potential to be better, much better, much better, right? Could be much better. A lot of the question marks with this room, they center around Marshawn Lloyd. And he's still a question mark, guys. Unfortunately, until he does it in a game, he's a question mark. Austin Greer says, you're sleeping all over Lavoisier and your running back grade is fair. I would argue a B minus. Austin, Lavoisier played defensive back last year. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't have potential, but like, what am I supposed to do? Expect him to rush for 1,000 yards when he didn't even play the running back position last year? I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't make an impact. I'd be surprised if he's, like, one of our top guys. Maybe he will be, though. I, I, just as a whole, I, I understand Austin's a five-star running back. He was so good of a running back that he went to Georgia and got flipped to defense. So you tell me, Austin, what was Georgia stupid or what did they see? I, I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to be a solid player for us, but, like, at least this year, you don't think there's going to be some transition for him? Going from going from DB to running back? I mean, just, 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 just a slight transition. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to keep the expectations for him realistic. I know he was a five-star running back. He was so good of a running back, Georgia thought he should play DB. So you tell me what the hell happened with that. You tell me. Either way, though, there are more question marks than there are answers right now with this running back room. I don't know how anybody could disagree with that. Because Christian Bill Smith, yes, he led Wake Forest last year in rushing. Very excited for him. Dude, outside of that, Lavoisier Carroll played DB last year. Marshawn Lloyd ran for like 250 yards last year. Juju McDowell, good as a freshman. Again, I think by Juju stock, not proven. Beyond that, Rashad Amos didn't have a touch last year. And what, Dante Miller coming from Columbia? I mean, there's just, there's more question marks than answers. There's more question marks than answers. Austin, I hear what you're saying about Georgia, the running back room. I'm just saying that the guy didn't – it's almost more so like he didn't practice at running back for an entire season. So it's like, will there be any rust for him going back to that position? Either way, I'm excited we have Lavasse here on our roster. Yeah, he was a five-star back for a reason, you would hope. 
Um, do you, let me ask you this, Austin. Where do you think he falls on the depth chart? Do you think my depth chart was wrong? Because I got him at RB4. I think it's Lloyd, Beal Smith, Juju, then Lavoisier. I, I mean, I, how, I just don't know how you could put a guy that was playing DB last year ahead of any of the three guys I just mentioned. I, I don't know how you could do that. Like, Austin, again, your, the recruiting rankings, they're great. <clears throat> but all of your expectations for Lavoisier Carroll just based off hope that he is that guy. Because, I mean, there's nothing that says on field outside of his high school film that he's going to be some elite player for us. But I'm not saying he can't be. I'm not saying he can't be. You got bodies. That's not a problem, guys. You got bodies in the running back room, but it's just you don't have a lot of proven commodities. You don't. So back to your question, Bad Brad, who's going to who's going to lead the team in rushing? Well, I think if he's the dude, if he's the dude we hope he's going to be, I think it's Marshawn Lloyd. Question is, is he going to be that guy? If, 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 if Marshawn, for whatever reason, just isn't there still, and, I, you know, if he's not there, I think he is going to be there. But if he's not, I guess you look at a Beal Smith. I guess you look at a Beal Smith. Uh, Chase says, which is more, sacks given up or Rattler pass? Hold on. So sacks given up or passing touchdowns for Rattler? You know what's funny, Chase? I feel like these kind of go hand in hand, right? The less sacks our line gives up, the higher the odds are that Rattler throws for a, for a number of touchdowns. I mean, if we, if we give up 31 sacks again, he ain't throwing for 31 touchdowns. He, he just ain't doing it because he's not going to have time to do it flat out. So I'm, I'm going to say Rattler will have more passing touchdowns because I think Rattler will be around, I think he'll be in the high 20s. I don't know if he hits that 30 number. I think he'll be in the high 20s. And I'd like to think our path pro will be better. I just, you'd think so. You would certainly think so. Let's see. Austin Greer, Lavoisier's in a bell back. He's going to play in a role similar to CMC. Not to that level, but similar to it. Lloyd is the bell back, and Lavoisier's your third down back. I still just, I think he's, Lavoisier's going to be fighting for touches. I mean, again, there's a lot of guys, Austin. I mean, that's, that's, that's what Marcus Satterfield's getting paid to do is uh, divvy up those carries, divvy up those touches, and put guys in the best possible position to be successful. So how many touches does Lavoisier Carroll get? Who's he taking touches away from, Austin? Because I think Juju needs to touch it in that backfield. Obviously, Christian Beal Smith's going to be used and should be used, most proven of the group. And then you got Marshawn Lloyd. So it's like how often – and again, it's like like I've told you before, everybody else, Austin. Like I'm not pulling for one guy to get more touches than the other. Just put out there who's going to be successful. That's it. Like I don't care who touches it. Just put out a group that's going to be successful. Luke RJ, Luke, I saw you typing in the Big Cock Club Discord earlier, and you didn't post. Why is that? Was it this question? I always love when Luke, because Luke RJ brings the heat. He brings the banter. He says, "I want to see how you rank the linebackers." What's this talk about D.O. Williams being a starter? He was a starter in, like, one of the first practices, Luke R.J. I, I think it's a 4-2-5 defense. There's two spots, and I think realistically there's three, there's three guys fighting for those starting spots. Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson, and Mo Cop. I don't think D.O. Williams factors. I, I don't think D.O. Williams is a starter. I could be wrong. I don't think he's a starter. I think out of Green, Cabba, and Johnson, two of those three are your starters. And I think Green's definitely one of them. I'd be shocked if he's not unless the injury is still bothering him. So, but uh, I got to be honest with you. I got to be, 
No, Austin, listen, I'm fine. We're not going to get going down the, 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 the Debo Williams rabbit hole. But I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Luke, RJ. I, you know, I haven't gotten there yet, obviously. That'll be in a week and a half or so. I, You've added some pieces, don't get me wrong, and they are working tirelessly, as you see in recruiting, to flip the linebacker room. That, that's why the loss of Jaden Robinson to Florida hurt so bad. But with that being said, guys like Pup Howard, Stone Blanton on campus this year, I think the linebacker position will get better. It will. It has to. And it will. This year, I still think it's a pretty pedestrian group. I think it's probably like a C or a C-minus group. I, you know, and, and let me just say this too, guys. When, when I give grades, I give them a lot of times based off of like, where does the group rank in the SEC? That's how I gauge it. Because not everybody can be an A, guys. Because, like, listen, if Alabama is an A+, and Vandy's an F, right, then Carolina's not an A in everything. They're going to be a C-minus in some areas. C-minus in the SEC, C-minus linebackers in our league might be B-plus linebackers in the ACC. I don't know, but I'm just saying that not everything can be an A, right? So you have to understand, like, the scale it's not a real scale if everything is to one side. Because if we had Bs at every position, we'd win a lot of football games. We would. But it's just not the case. I mean, you look at my guy. I'm going to pull this up. Pull this up. I got the magazine right in front of me. Pick six previews. He ranks his position units, right? I gave the Gamecocks running backs a C+. He ranks the South kind of running back room seventh out of 14 teams. Right in the middle. So, C-plus is fair. I think C-plus is fair. You know what he ranks? So, we got wide receivers tomorrow. Y'all going to love this. You know what my guy Brett Ciancia ranks the Gamecocks receivers and tight ends in regards to SEC position groups 1 through 14? The Gamecocks wide receivers and tight ends. He ranks them 12th. 12th out of 14. I know that's going to piss y'all off. Come on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. 12th out of 14, man. That's low. I mean, that, that's – and I'll say this. Before we even get into the show tomorrow and, you know, when we chat on Thursday, I'm probably not as high on the receiver room as some people. That's not to say that I'm not excited for it. But I think there's some people that think all of a sudden our receiver room is is, is elite. Let's see. My guy John Strickland hitting me up. Saying that did did Mark Stoops take a shot at Shane Beamer? This could be interesting. Let's see here. Maybe I'll, I'll watch this over the break. I'll watch this over the break. I don't want to try to do it. Rebecca, what's up? Hi, Rebecca. Hi. What's up? I see you, Rebecca. You don't have to put it in all caps. What's going on, Rebecca? Everybody misses you, Rebecca. Let's see. Brad Overstreet says, Lloyd seems like the kind of back who needs a good bit of touches to get in rhythm. That could be very true, Brad. The biggest thing is this, though. While you're getting in a rhythm, you got to be productive. We can't just, you know, have him out there and he's, he's getting stopped for no gain or minus on the play. And it's like, well, you just let him get in a rhythm. It's like, 
No, we need to gain yards now. We need to gain yards now, my guy. So, John Gibbs, bottom line is the O-line has to produce the most. Without them, nobody will perform properly. Rattler's the glue to this team. But if he runs for his life, then what good is he? O-line's the key. Hey, John, (laughs) couldn't have said it better myself. Truly, couldn't have said it better myself. This O-line will determine a lot of what we do this year. Because that's, I really try to take the O-line performance or the O-line grade out of, like, how I graded the running backs, right? Because if we had an elite O-line, it's like, what would I think about the running backs? Would I say that there's just some elite group? I So I tried to take that out. I looked at it more so, guys, of like, and you have to look at it this way with running backs because, again, a lot of their performance is based off the offensive line. So you have to just look at statistics and, like, what they've done. you got to look at statistics and what they've done. And there's only one guy on this roster, guys, at the running back position who has led their team at the Power 5 level, right, at the Power 5 level in rushing because I don't want anybody to get upset because I didn't mention Dante Miller at Columbia leading his team at the Power 5 level. Christian Beal Smith is the only back that has led his team in rushing. Outside of that, everybody's been very pedestrian. Hell, Lavasia Carroll didn't even play running back last year. That is not to say this group cannot be a quality, productive group for this offense. But I don't think this room is as good as it was last year. Not right now, at least. With Kevin Harris, Zaquandre White, and Marshawn Lloyd, who was there. Again, none of that is to say this this group can't be productive. But we don't even really know who RB1 is right now. Not proven, not not like for sure. Like last year it was like Kevin Harris. That's it. Granted, he he was injured and you know, we came in the season, did, you know, little did we know he was dealing with that back injury so badly. Um Ed McKinnis says, Is Dante Miller, aka Little Turbo, a special teams contributor? Hashtag Ivy League. Uh Ed, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think if he does, if he gets used, that will be the way he gets used. I could see him being like a Bryce Sherman. I mean, the guy what runs like a 4-2 or 4-3 or just something crazy. Uh, runs an insane 40. So there's always room for speed on the field. Um, I don't know that he's a, you know, a, 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 a contributor on offense, but maybe special teams. So. Erting Irie says, backs are only as good as the O-line makes them. That is true sometimes. There are some backs that can make the line look better, right? There are some backs, there are some backs that can make the line look better. There is not a Marcus Lattimore on this roster. Marcus Lattimore, a guy that could break 35, 40 tackles, I don't think there's a guy like that on this roster. But yes, yes, to some degree, as Austin just pointed out, running backs, you're, you're sort of at the mercy of what your O-line will do. Like, you, you, you got to have a hole. You got to have a hole. Right, you got to have a hole. But what separates backs is the ability to, I mean, there's, there's rarely is there going to be a play where, like, everybody's blocked. Actually, there's going to be none. The defense is always going to have more than you got. You got to make guys miss. You got to run through tackles. You got to have a vision. Like, th- those things are important. So, um, my question, let's just turn it on to this. How much are we actually going to run the ball this year? Like, the, what do y'all think? I mean, I think we're going to be fairly balanced, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're a little bit heavier pass pass game. I, 
Are we going to be a run-heavy team this year? I don't know. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. Austin, you say 65%. 65% throw or run? Because if you say run, I have questions. If you say run, I do have questions. And I know that, wow, so you think, Austin, we're going to be 65-35 run to pass. Bro, I think that's, I think that is, I don't know about that, my guy. I think, I think we need to be much closer to 50-50. Yes, Chris Miller, great point here. A good measure of individual talent running back will be yards after contact. Of course, we got spam calls. My guy, John. Hi, Chris. Um, Kevin C. says, here's a, here's a fun hypothetical not meant to be taken seriously. Where would Jemias rank on our current running back chart? He's had a good career at Georgia State. No, great question, because Jemias Williams was listed to the preseason all-conference team. Georgia State, I think, had like 16 players. They got ta- they've got some talent. Um, Jemias Williams listed preseason all-conference. He's on the Doak Walker Award watch list, the preseason watch list. Um I mean, I, I don't – he's not big enough, in my opinion, to be a, an every-down SEC back. Size is always something that's held him back. I mean, what is he, like 5'9"? No, no offense. No offense to my short kings. Um, Call from Robbie Davis, a.k.a. Kirk Street. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? And just so everyone knows, this is not a spam call, okay? Spam callers are losers. Spam callers are Clemson Anything. fans. Slap dicks confirmed. Clemson fans, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, a bunch of crayon eating, goat screwing losers. Robbie, great to hear from you as well, man. What's up? <laughs> um, honestly, with the whole grading thing, okay, I I'm okay with that, 100 percent, okay, but I also believe that this coaching staff will make sure that the right players are starting this season at every position, not just the offensive line, not just quarterback, which I'm like, obviously we know who the starting quarterback is, so that's out the window. But they will make sure when it comes to the skill positions, like running back and wide receiver, the right person is starting come September 3rd. That is what they get paid to do, Robbie. I would hope they figure that part of it out. Exactly. They get paid to do that, and guess what? Don't. We show up week in and week out, use our hard-earned money, pay for the tickets, and go to the games. And sit in traffic that is like hell on earth. Okay? That's That's what we do. Their job? Put a winning team on the field. And they I guarantee you they are busting their teachers to do that. Along with everybody else. Because everybody else is trying to do the same thing that we are. And that is win as many games as possible and try to get to Atlanta. Because that that there, there you go. That's as simple and as easy as I can put it.
Well, Robbie, the good news is this. You mentioned the uh, you mentioned the traffic. I don't think traffic should be too bad after the South Carolina State game. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go no, out on a limb and say that. No. For that for that game and the Charlotte game and probably the Georgia State game. But yeah. the traffic will be And hey, and hey, depending Hey, depending on how the first uh, three weeks go, you know, if we're sitting there at one and two, hell, you want to fight many people to get out of South Carolina State. There might be 40,000 people there, as much as I hate to say it. <laughs> so. And, uh, yeah. And, and same thing on the defensive side of the ball, right? Our defensive coordinator will make sure that the right players are on the field. Okay. He's getting paid just just to do the same thing that the offensive coordinator is doing. Okay, he's doing his job is to make sure that the right players are on the field. Because if somebody ain't doing their job right, guess what? He's gonna get them off the field. It's that simple. Put somebody in there that wants to do their job correctly. That's what he's gonna do. I surely hope so, my man. I surely hope so. I do too, and I just feel like dude, I'm starting to get the itch, bro, as in I'm ready for football to start back. I'm starting to get the itch. I can't like, I, I can't wait to hear bad, I can't wait to hear your 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 banter and after a game your yeah, oh yeah, your feedback because i I don't Robbie, forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't remember you calling in last season. Am I wrong there? When did you start calling in? Dude, I don't even know. I just like, you know what? I just thought, I just figured one day I was like, screw it. I'm not going to text it. I'm going to call it. Yeah, I, I, I about to say, like, I don't, I don't remember you calling in a lot, like, like during the season. I did season not call in at all last season. Yeah. Okay. Well, I God, I'm, I'm all. super pumped now. I'm, I'm so pumped now. <laughs> and I'm just letting you. No, I'm not gonna be all sunshine and rainbows. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the truth. If we suck, I'm gonna be like, we suck. Hey, lay the hammer down, my guy. Sometimes it's necessary. Lay the hammer down. Sometimes you gotta lay the hammer down. Sometimes it's got to happen. Exactly. And yes, are we gonna have times where we have success this year? Yes, I do believe that wholeheartedly. But there's also gonna be times where we run into a daggum dark tunnel and we get the crap kicked out of us, okay? That's what's going to happen, okay? Georgia, probably a dark tunnel. We're going to get our brains beat in, okay? A&M, dark tunnel. We're going to get our brains beat in, probably, okay? Most likely, okay? Clemson, that, honestly, I could see, honestly, if we go into that if we go into that game against that god-awful team in the upstate, I'm not going to utter the name, okay? If we go into that game on a roll, especially we're on we're on the roll on a roll on both sides of the ball, we're we're playing very well on both sides of the ball. I truly believe that we could go into the other Death Valley, the other Death Valley, not the real Death Valley. The real Death Valley is in Louisiana. The fake Death Valley and kick Clemson's ass. And you know it's for real when Robbie says the word ass. When Robbie says ass, he means it. I think – oh, yeah. 
I don't cuss. I don't, you know. And you know I really be, 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 be ticked if I say the F word, okay? I'm just letting y'all know. If I drop an F bomb, then y'all know I'm really good. <laughs> Robbie, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to act if you dropped the F bomb. <laughs> but I am telling you, I think DJ, honestly, I think DJ is overrated. Okay? I'm just being honest here. I think DJ is overrated. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if after he threw a couple of interceptions, they put that freshman kid in. I would not be shocked because I do I do think he's overrated. The only reason they went ten and three last year is because of that defense. Am I right or am I wrong? I think you're right. I think you're spot on. Stats would reflect it, too. You look at the offensive stats that DJ had last season for Clemson. If it wasn't for that defense, they wouldn't they wouldn't have been 10-3 and three last year. And I think, I think this is the year that we go into Death Valley and beat their ass. Give them a good old tiger ass whooping. And go back to Cola with a W. Talk dirty to me, Robbie. And I show and show and show Dabo Weenie. That's right. I said Dabo Weenie, not Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Weenie. That the real University of South Carolina is in the capital of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. To heck with Clemson. Bunch of farming losers. If we need milk and cheese and just food in general, we'll give them a call, okay? But as far as that goes, yeah, we'll, we'll give them a call if we need if we need groceries. Go Gamecocks. You have a great rest of your day. And it looks like it's about to rain over here, so I don't think I'm going to lose But, uh, yeah, you have a good one, and uh, have a great rest of your week. Robbie, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Take care. Good stuff. Robbie Davis, always bringing the heat, man. Love it. Love it. Always bringing the heat, Robbie Davis. Robbie Davis. Guys, we're uh, we're about to hit a break, but we're talking the Big Cock Club Discord right now. What will the offense look like? You think it's going to be 60-40 pass to run? 60-40 run to pass? Balanced? What do you think we'll do? What when When the dust settles... Will South Carolina have more rushing attempts or more passing attempts? That's it. Will the Gamecocks have more rushing attempts or more passing attempts when the dust settles on this season? What will the offense look like? What will the scheme be? All that and more. Guys, we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. More of that on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Let's jump back into your questions here. Um, Let's see. To be fair, Aaron Thompson, he says, we thought we were going to beat Clemson last year also, but dot, dot, dot. Aaron, to be fair, I picked Clemson to beat South Carolina the week of the game. You might recall that I picked them on Friday to beat Cle- or beat Clemson to beat Carolina. I think the score was like 23-17. to 17. I did think it'd be a close game. Um, 
but I did pick Clemson to win. So just in case you missed that. Let's see. John Gibbs, he says 60-40 past the run. Rattler will throw away more than handoffs. I promise you that. I mean, if the O-line doesn't block, let Rattler use his skill rather than do what we all can do and hand it off. Indeed. Dennis James says, Rattler will elevate the wide receiver. We're going to be ranked in the top five in the SEC this year, regardless of how bad the O-line plays. Change my mind. Dennis, hey, great point. And Dennis, tomorrow's show, the position unit preview series rolls on, and we will talk count of wide receivers. I do think you have to factor in, right, the addition of, of Rattler and how much that affects, impacts, changes the receiver room, right? You have to factor that in most certainly. My thing with the wide receiver room is this. Yes, you added Antoine Wells. You added Corey Rucker, two guys who have never taken a snap at the SEC level. Just a, just a fact, just a fact. Antoine Wells, a record setter at the FCS level at James Madison. Uh, and then Rucker, who had a fantastic year of freshman season at, at Arkansas State. Josh Van returns as uh, a guy who was your leading receiver from a season ago. And I, I think his game will only benefit by the addition of Spencer Rattler. I'm excited for the receiver room. I still don't view it as one of the best. Um... I still don't view it as one of the best in the SEC by any means. My question is this, like, who's wide receiver three? I, I just still question the depth of the room. That, that's my thing. I still question the overall depth. Um, I think there's guys with potential. Xavier Leggett, the carry-on joiner, Jalen Brooks, Amarian Brown, and it's like, who is wide receiver three? I think that's the question. I think we're all comfortable saying that Van and Wells are 1A, 1B, however you want to put them. Who's wide receiver three? Rakeem Sprinkles is Jalen Brooks' surprise contributor this year. Um, I mean, maybe I, I'm, I'm not going to bank on it by any means. I'm, I'm not going to bank on it, but maybe. Maybe, Rakeem, maybe. Uh, finding that third option is going to be pivotal. That's going to be key. Um I think the receiver room's solid, but – and John Edwards says Rucker. It's just crazy for me to think, John Edward, that like two of your top three receivers are going to be guys that were not on this roster last year and didn't play in the SEC last year. So – but, you know, it could certainly be the reality. So, listen, I, 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 if those two guys, if, if Wells and Rucker live up to the hype and expectations, then our receiver room could be pretty damn good, pretty solid. And then, again, the addition of Rattler, he should elevate that room. Top five room in the SEC? Maybe, maybe. I'd take a top half of the league receiver room because there's some damn good receiver rooms. But uh, still question marks at that position, man. I just still look at it. There's still question marks at that position. So, you know, recruiting, need to, need to add quality depth. So, but... How can you not be excited with a one-two punch, I think, of Van and Van and uh, Wells? I mean, I think certainly could be. I'm excited for Josh, man. Of course, you you got to factor in Jaheim Bell. He's not technically a wide receiver, but you got to factor in Jaheim Bell in the passing game just as a pass catcher. Um, so, Ed McKinnis says the running back and receiver rooms are very similar. In some ways, yes. Um 
a lot of bodies, just some unproven commodities. I think the receiver room's got more upside than the running back room, personally. Just my just my take, overall opinion. But uh, yeah, so. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Full podcast will drop tomorrow. By the way, uh, talking Gamecocks wide receivers. Uh, we'll break down that position unit, talk, talk most approved, best overall. Season will be successful if, and I'll give my overall grade as well. John Ever says, I have more questions behind Van Wells and Rucker than doubts behind those three. Hey, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Braden Miller. Braden, what's up, man? How are you? Braden, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, Chris. Um, Got a question for you uh, mm-hmm. about the running backs because I know you did the position preview yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was curious what you think it would take for a player like Juju McDowell to work his way up the depth chart to be that top running back. Because I feel like every time he touches the ball, good things happen. But again, it always goes back to well, he's not an every down back. But what do you think he has to do to prove he's an every down back? Well, I mean, well, I mean. Hey, Braden, are you listening in your car? Hey, Braden, are you listening in your car? Yeah, is it, is it echoing? Yeah, bad echo. Yeah, bad echo. How about now? Okay, better. Much better. Yeah, so anyways. Um, Sorry well, about that. For, no, you're good. You know, first first positive sign, I'd say, for Juju is hearing Eric Douglas yesterday say that Juju is, is, has become comfortable sticking his face in, in, in between the tackles and, you know, being a tough back. I mean, I, I always just kind of question with his size, could he – you know, withstand carrying the ball 20, 25 times a game. Um, yeah. You know, I, I guess I don't know. I guess there's nothing that really could stop him from being the number one back. You know, I've just said when you look at him, he's not a prototypical number one guy. But, I mean, listen, they're going to they're gonna ride the hot hand. Whoever's, whoever's most productive is who they're going to put out there. And I, I just think also that they're going to use him in a multitude of ways. Like, I, I think there's going to be times where you probably see Juju and Lloyd on the field at the same time or Juju and Bill Smith on the field at the same time. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'd say this RB one is kind of a fuzzy thing because it's like you have so many different guys you can use in different ways. So it's like RB one might depend on just the situation. One guy might be RB one for this situation. Another guy might be RB one for another situation. You, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I, I think Juju, no matter how you label him, if you want to label him RB one or two or three or four, He's going to get used a lot. I, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to get used a ton. He'll be a, a big-time player in this offense. So, um, I think you'll see a lot yeah, of Juju I'm, uh, uh-huh. I'm hoping that – I think the coaches will work him into the team a lot. My fear is, though, I, I do strongly believe – I guess I'll use the word potential – that he potentially is a more talented running back in terms of shiftiness than Christian Beal Smith or Marshawn. And I just hope that he doesn't get buried in the in the rotation where he's not used. Because I mean, every time he touched the ball last year, he just he has the opportunity to be so electrifying. And I feel like, you know, I get it. You got to run through people in the SEC, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of fearful that he's going to get buried in the rotation and won't be used to his true potential. I feel like we just have the and I feel like we do that a little bit with players that in Columbia. Like, maybe it just takes a little while before we know how to use them. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I you know, 
I, I uh, no, I, I think we'll get the most out of him. I'm excited. I mean, again, I, I the that is the responsibility of a Marcus Satterfield. You know, find those guys. Sure. You know, how, how how many times does each guy touch it? You know what I mean? How, how do you divvy up touches and carries and all that good stuff? That again, that's on them. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, that was all I had. Sorry about the echo earlier. No, you're good, man. Hey, you're good. I appreciate you calling in, my friend. Great stuff as always. Calling anytime. All right. Take care, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Appreciate you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Again, great questions from uh from our guy. And yeah, I mean, I, I think Juju is going to be used a lot. And so, it, you know, it, it goes kind of back to like the running back position as a whole. You know how how you know we, we see it in the NFL like the running back position is almost like a dying breed. So I mean we're going to have multiple guys to play. You, you have to have multiple. You have to have more than one. You have to have more than one for sure. Uh John Edward again. I have more questions behind Van Wells and Rucker than doubts behind those two. Yeah, it's questions. It's a question for sure. Ed McKenna says the tight end room is solid. Jason Height, what's up man? Appreciate you tuning in. Um Anyways, Dabo Weenie. Yeah, Robbie Robbie is a – Robbie's incredible. Robbie's incredible for sure. Brian Lattimore in the Big, Co- the Big Cock Club Discord in the TDC Question Channel says, no chance we have more rushing than passing with Rattler at the helm. I would agree. I would agree. I, I think it's going to be a 60-40 pass to run or 55-45. I, I think they want to be as balanced as possible. I mean, it, it, you know, a lot of it comes down to can we run the ball? Because like we're seeing in the simulation, my biggest problem is just the fact that we try to keep running it. And we can't run it. I don't dislike running the ball. What I dislike is running the ball and not being able to run it and just continuing to try to run it, being stingy in the run game. How many times did we hear that when Will Muschamp was the coach? We, we just got to be stingy in the run game. God, that just gives me nightmares. Makes me shiver to think about that. Got to be stingy in the run game. Unreal. Um... Chris Miller, here's a question. Just thinking about South Carolina football history in general, is there a reason why we haven't been as good a program like Georgia? Is it length of time in the SEC, size of school, alumni base? You know, Chris, I I think it's unfair to try to even point to just one thing. I think that's probably a a very much so multi-layered question. Because, again, we're not talking about well, why has Georgia been a better football program for South Carolina the past decade or past 20 years? We're literally talking about since, like, the beginning of the history of college football, why has Georgia been a better program? Um, and, and, guys, that's – that's. I know my friend probably Luke RJ is probably losing his shit right now because, you know, he's taking that comment personally. But, like, it's not a hot take to say Georgia's a better football program than South Carolina. That, that is just like a normal look at the overall record. I mean – there's no point in history you can look at and say that South Carolina is a better football program than Georgia. That's just not. So, to answer your question, though, I mean, I, I just don't know that you point to one thing, right? Leadership, commitment to winning, size of school, alumni base, like you mentioned, being in the SEC longer than South Carolina. I mean, there's there's probably there's a list of things of why Georgia's had more success on the football field than South Carolina, right? I mean, you can look to what has held South Carolina back on the field because, you know, again, I don't care how garnet glasses you are, you you cannot look at South Carolina's football history and say that 
that we've had some dazzling history. And I mean, just again, guys, look at the overall record, look at the winning percentage over the course of a hundred plus years. We don't have a great history. Why is that? Because it, it's it's truly, guys, it's hard to fathom. I mean, it really truly is. Like when you think about it, when you think about the fact that South Carolina football did not win a bowl game until 1995, that is crazy. When you think about the fact that South Carolina football did not win double-digit games in a season until 1984, how is that even possible? Like, like, how is that possible? How can you be mediocre for that long? And if that hurts your feelings, so be it. It's just facts. Facts aren't feelings. Facts are facts. It's like, it's wild. So, I mean, that's why, again, your history doesn't define your future, right? Your your past doesn't define your future. It doesn't hold you back. It shouldn't, right? Because, again, these recruits and these players in 2022, they don't give a damn what happened in 1984. They don't care. They don't care about the history. Whatever. Who gives a shit? I don't care. But... That's why when I, I say that, guys, that's why I say when you, when you pick Carolina to win 10 games in a season, just really understand, like, what you're saying, how rare that's been. And understand when I say that over the course of a decade, if Shane Beamer got South Carolina to an 8-4 and four program, averaged 8-4, and four, averaged 8 wins per year over the course of a decade, understand how great of a decade that would be. Just, 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 just really fathom it. Really take a moment to understand that. That's all I'm saying. Kevin, we have won the ACC championship. Whoop de doo. 1969, my guy. None of us were even alive for it. Was is there anybody watching that was alive in 1969? What you'd be, what, 31, 53? I guess there's probably some folks tuning in that are 53. Is there anybody watching that remembers the 1969 ACC title? I highly doubt it. I could be wrong, but I don't know how many 65 and ups we got watching the Daily Crow. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, I, I wasn't even a thought in 1969, my guy. Wasn't even a, most of us weren't even a thought. So, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, again, all, all South kind of can focus on is the future and trying to make this program the best it could possibly be for the future and, and moving forward and um, improving. And that's it. I mean, that, that's all you can – that's all you can you can really do. That's all you can really do. So, Luke RJ says – hold on, let's see, John. John Rice, who won the ACC in 1969, my guy. Old 69. Luke RJ says, it's simple. We've just never had a really good coach. But we had one in Holt Spurrier, now Beamer. Luke RJ. But isn't it crazy to think, why did it take us like 100 years to find a good coach? How can you not find a good coach in 100 years, my guy? How is that possible? And I would also argue Paul Dietzel was a good coach. Joe Morrison was a good coach. But how can it take 100 years to find a good coach? How is that possible, Luke RJ? 
How is that possible? Again, I'm not coming at you for this. I'm not, this is, this has nothing really to do with any of us. It's just like a, I mean, I feel like every Gamecock fan probably sits back and says like, how, how is this history possible? I mean, again, it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's baffling. It's, it's just baffling. Some of the history is kind of baffling. I, I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. There's no point in dwelling on what happened in the 70s and the 80s and all the 90s and all that. But it's it's just some of it's kind of like crazy to think. And uh, I don't know. Either way, though. I mean, that's why I say, guys, I mean, we're really kind of living in the, in the best era. <laughs> we are. We're living in the best era of Gamecocks football, which might sound crazy to some of you. But, hey, man, it wasn't – listen, it wasn't too long ago – that getting to six wins was like winning the Super Bowl around Columbia. I mean, really, truly, am I wrong? I remember 2004 when Carolina beat Arkansas. Savelle Newton and Troy Williamson, Coach Simpson seals it with a pick. I remember that. Carolina got that sixth win, and my God, man, I, I, that, that just felt like we just, we won it all. That was a huge deal just to make a bowl game. And now, oh God, we go six and six this year. It's a failure. Like, that's a great problem to have, man. Hey, the problem Georgia fans have, if Georgia won less than 10 games in a season, their fan base would implode. Mark Rick got fired for winning 10 games a year. That's just a different level of expectation. I mean, that's, that's, Luke RJ says, maybe it really is the mascot name then, the Gamecock. So Luke RJ, what you're saying is the chicken curse. That's, it's the chicken curse. That's what you're saying, the chicken curse. Lynn Turner says, this is the best era for Gamecock sports in general. You young fans are spoiled. I mean, you're not wrong, Lynn Turner. You're not wrong. Since 2000? I mean, dude, it's, 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 things have been pretty solid. I mean, there's been some downs for sure, but been a lot of ups. Two national titles in baseball, 311 win seasons in football, an SEC title appearance in football, Don Staley's national titles, Final Four in men's basketball. There's been a lot to hang your hat on. I mean, re- like when you really think about it, I know we bitch and moan and gripe and all that, but like it's not a bad era. Not a, not a terrible era. This is not a terrible time to be a Gamecock fan. Got Shane Beamer now leading the program. Don Staley's going to win another title this year. Unfortunately, we got Slapdick Kingston leading the baseball program. Other than that, got a brand-new coach in Lamont Paris and the number one overall recruit in the country joining our roster. Let's see. Um, Chris Miller, Spurrier really raised the bar for the program as a whole. Without Spurrier, I feel like this program expectations would be so different. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No, thank God for Steve Spurrier. Thank God for him. Cocky Twan says the chicken curse is BS. Mark Regal says if Spurrier put as much emphasis on recruiting as he is in golf, we'd be a nice program still. Beamer's goals aren't to be 8-4 and four, know that. Well, Mark, I certainly hope they're not. I certainly hope they're not. <laughs> I, would, I would hope we don't have a coach employed who just wants to go 8-4 and four every year. But I'm just saying – Walk before you run. If we got to that point where we were averaging that, that'd be a good spot to be sitting at. And then from there you go, okay, how do we get to the next level? It's all about upgrading, but you don't do it. You don't go from winning five or six a year to winning a national championship overnight. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. 
John Edwards says, curses aren't real. You sure, my guy? Are we sure? On that note, let's jump into our final break, guys. 843-790-3377. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crush. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Aaron Thompson says, breaks bleeding out the eyeballs. Well, Aaron, I've taken three breaks over a damn two-hour show, my guy. So what do you want? What do you want, Aaron? If you don't like three five-minute breaks over a two-hour show, here's my suggestion. Go start your own show and don't take any breaks over two hours. Um, Sorry, I got to go take a piss. My bad. Um, Anyways, let's see. Luke RJ says, if Dawn Staley can do it, then anyone can, especially Shane Beamer. Love it. Love it, my guy. I think they're going to win it again, too. I think Dawn Staley's crew is going to win it again. Chris Miller says, the key to football in the SEC's depth. Football is such a physical sport. Injuries are inevitable. When our second and third strings are almost as good as our first string, we will continue to be better. I mean, yeah, look at 10 to 13, my guy. That was the case. That was certainly the case. Brian Dean says, Carolina ran the run and shoot offense when Todd played. He threw a lot of picks. Uh, Brian, he didn't just throw a lot of picks. He threw... 73, my guy. 73. I think he just threw another one right now. Uh, Erting Irie says, you got to ask, what did Spurrier bring to any program he coached? Personal accountability, winning attitude, winning expectations. I'm excited. You know what? Now that we're talking about this, I'm excited to talk to Steven Garcia about this next week. I'm going to ask him about it. I think the attitude. I I think that's the culture he changed. I mean, you guys might recall. Remember when... uh, Remember when um, South Carolina almost beat number one ranked Auburn on that Thursday night, 2006, and the team was coming off the field and was clapping, cheering for their performance. And Spurrier said after the game, do do not clap for us when we lose. Our expectations are to win the football game. We didn't win the football game. Do not clap for us. And that so that was Spurrier saying, like, it's not good enough to come close. We're not trying to come close. We're trying to win. And so, yeah, Spurrier changed those expectations. I mean, Spurrier truly changed the the mindset of what the standards were. So I, I think that's where it came from. Garrett H., do you think head coaches realistically look at their team and their schedule and set a prediction of a record they would like to achieve or is it really we expect to win every game? No, Garrett. I, listen, Garrett, I, I think head coaches, obviously, they know their football teams. So they know their strengths, their weaknesses. Like, you know, Nick Saban could go look at Vanderbilt's roster and say this is not a great roster. Like, they, like they know what their roster is. But, no, dude, I, I don't think coaches are sitting there. I don't think coaches are sitting there in the preseason. Let me go through and check off W's and L's of our football team. Um, no, they coach expecting to win every game. Right. But again, they know their football team. Right. I think if you went and asked every coach, they'd tell you whether, like, do you have an SEC championship roster? Like, they, they, again, they know the roster, guys. They know football. Like, Shane Beamer, he's coached on a staff, 2010 South Carolina, that went to the SEC title game. He knows what an SEC championship roster looks like. He knows what an SEC championship roster looks like. So he'd probably look at this roster and tell you, how close or how far away they are. He could tell you that. But also, I will say this, what these coaches do. Guys, these coaches have to set realistic expectations for boosters, people behind the scenes in the program that have influence. Because if you're a coach, right, and you're saying, hey, we should go win 10 games this year and you go win six, well, then boosters and people that give money and support, they're going to say, well, what the hell happened? You just told us that we were going to 
have a 10-win team. So, because that, that's something head coaches have to do, right? They got to set realistic expectations. So, no, but they, listen, bottom line, everybody in that building expects to win every game. No, nobody's coaching saying, well, I just hope we go seven and five. Like, and if that's how you're coaching and that's how you're playing and all that, you you shouldn't, yeah, you, you shouldn't be uh, a coach. Luke RJ, expect QB2 joiner ready, to be ready to play. Well, yep, then you woke up, Luke RJ. Then you woke up. Brian Dean <laughs> says, Will Muschamp was a slap dick. Brad Scott was a slap dick. I agree. Um, Luke RJ, Dak Joyner just needs to focus on being the best wide receiver five he can be, my guy, because that's what he's playing. That's what he is. Again, the coaching staff thinks so highly of him, Luke RJ, that at quarterback that he's not even a quarterback. So there you go. Um, and I don't think he's a very good receiver either. I think he's a he's a utility player. He's an athlete. We'll see him on the field in 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 I think we'll probably see him on the field in wildcat packages, but not a quarterback. And not a great receiver either. Uh in the TDC questions channel, the Big Cock Club Discord. My guy Chase off subject. How do you think the rest of the series of the Mets goes after last night's 13 to 1 win? I think it's 2 2 or we win somehow. They've been hella tough on the Braves this year. I mean, they got to win that series, man. At home, you got to win it. Luke RJ says if Don Staley, and he already said this, if they can, if Don Staley can win a national title, Shane Beaver can do it too. Ray Tanner did it in baseball also. I mean, listen, man, it's, uh, you know. You'd like to think anything can happen. You know what I mean? You'd like to think anything can happen. So I would argue it is much, and I, I don't feel like this is a, a hot take. I feel like this is a pretty normal take. I feel like it's much harder to win a national championship in football than it is in women's basketball. But Call from it can be done. Garrett. Here we go. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, brother. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Good, man, I'm going to do this like really, really quickly. Um, I think the problem that uh, we in South Carolina have is, of course, the coaches. Um, we don't get those those big-name coaches. Furrier, by a long shot, is our best uh, decorated coach that we've ever had. Um, I think that uh, with coaching, we've only had one, as Shannon Sharp would say, transcendent player, and that's the Davion Clowney. So we don't get the quality of players that we should be able to get in order to have a, a, a much better season than we do. We don't get the, the four or five. We get four or five stars now, but they, depending on which site you're looking at, it may be like a really a high three-star, low four-star player. And if we're able to get players like a Jadavion Clowney, uh, like what Lamont Paris got with, Gigi, um, or even if Frank could have gotten um, Zion Williamson. It's, it's players like that that's going to change the, 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 the narrative of the story um, for us at uh, South Carolina, because if we don't get those type of players, we're always going to have the same type of players that we had before Spurrier showed up. Um, Lou Holtz was just old. I mean, he couldn't do nothing for us, but when you're looking at Spurrier, the brash, and all of those types of things, he is what made it happen. And then having Clowney and all of these other guys to come along was 
was good. I mean, Marcus Lattimore was great, but he wasn't clowning. Brother, I really do appreciate your show. A lot of these shows out here are BS. They want you to like, click, and subscribe. They can't even read. I'm going to just leave it at that. Bro, I hear what you got to say. Have a good one. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the kind words. And, and um, yeah. No, dude, yeah, I uh, – no, I did. A, lot, a lot of it comes back to the coaches, man. The leadership, leadership, leadership within the program. Leadership within the program. Um, my guy, John Strickland, by the way, let me bring light to this. He sent over this video of Mark Stoops, and he feels like the Mark Stoops was taking a shot at Shane Beamer in his latest interview, and maybe he was, talking about climate versus culture. Uh, you can change the climate of a program. It's easy by putting on some music, dancing around, and putting on goofy sunglasses. So we feel like that maybe Stoops was taking a shot at Beamer. And if he was, bro, to hell with him. To hell with Kentucky football. Go beat their ass on the field this fall. I mean, that's it. I mean, what, what, what are you going to do? Is Beamer going to clap back at a, at, a, at a vague shot he might have taken at him? Bro, just let it go. Who gives a shit? Go whoop that ass on the field. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, dude. End of the day, that's all that matters. Uh, guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for uh, your banter, the calls, your comments, man. You guys, I mean, the Daily Crow has really taken on a life of its own. Guys, also, by the way, subscribe to Daily Crow, the podcast version, on iTunes, Spotify, where we get your podcast. If you miss anything with the Daily Crow, you can check it out there. You can go back, obviously, listen on YouTube as well. But if you're on the go and you want to listen to TDC, iTunes, Spotify, where we get your podcast, that is where you can Find it. Luke RJ leaving us with Dak Joyner QB2. I hear you, my guy. I hear you. Uh, Dak Joyner QB2 in NCAA Football 14. Like, video game? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Either way, uh, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate you. Stay tuned on the content. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. Other than that, man, thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk to you all tomorrow.